IRR, what does that sound like to you? Does it sound like someone laughing? RRR? Does it sound like uh, a terrorist organization? It does sound like a terrorist organization, yeah. But it's not. It's actually uh, a good thing. It's a very complicated thing as well. Terrorism, I think we can say, is a black and white issue. It's not complicated. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. But IRR, IRR can be good, can be bad. But definitely complicated. Hmm. So hold on to your hats for this episode of A Dictionary of Finance from the European Investment Bank, where we will be hopefully not having to say IRR a lot, because it's quite hard to say. And before you listen, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you listen to podcasts. And rate us and review us if you have anything good to say about us. Let's specify rate us highly. Yes. So we're joined to discuss... IRR, well, actually not to discuss IRR, to define it, talk about it, and really give you the, the lowdown, the hard facts on IRR, whatever that is, um, by Aglé Touchard-Ledrion and Gunther Fischer, who are investment officers at the European Investment Bank's Global Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy Fund. And if you were listening to last week's podcast, you would have heard me say that that's called GREF and that I wouldn't have to say Global Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy Fund. But there I go. I went and said it again. Whoops. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about IRR. Gunter, can you tell me what that means so I can stop saying IRR? Because it's very hard to say. <laughs> it's true. Two R's, one after the other. IRR is an abbreviation for Internal Rate of Return. And that's a return measure. It's actually mathematically, it is the um, um, discount rate that sets the net present value of a cash flow stream to zero. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand. Straightforward. All right. But, well, but what's the RR part? That's, so that's R. rate of return. Rate so, of return. So I think listeners would kind of get what rate of return is. Yes. But why, what's, this, what's the internal, internal part? It, it, it shows the rate of return or the, the return rate of an investment. So inherently, how much, how profitable is an investment? That's basically um, the, the message that an IRR And sends. it's internal because it's, it depends on plenty of assumption on the future cash flows of the projects. So it's full of assumptions. So it has to be taken with uh, uh, lots of, of um, uh, cautious and, and usually you use, use it in conjunction, in conjunction with other um, valuation methodologies, for instance, with multiple or with um, the asset value, um, which also show, which can give you a range basically rather than, um, than just use one indicators. But, but so if I'm an investor and I've put money in a fund and the fund tells me that their IRR is something, can I, is there, um, can I trust that to be true? Can I trust that to be, uh, you know, based on a, a, a fixed uh, number of assumptions? Or do I, do I have to understand that, oh, they probably assume that the future is going to be, you know, f- bright and, uh, and wonderful and uh, beautiful? Is that, how does it work? You need to check the assumptions. So they, um, in, in all these cases, typically when you look 
ex ante before the investment into such an, an investment opportunity. There are certain assumptions on what will be, will be the value of this investment or what will be the cash you're getting out of this investment over the next 10 years. And you should check in any case these assumptions because as you say some might tell you the future is bright some others tell you mm -hmm. i'm a little bit more conservative around so, it so you should really differentiate between what we call the realized ir so what has been achieved and the targeted ir mm -hmm. and when we see a fund manager who is pitching for his fund trying to convince the eib to invest in he will say that he's targeting uh, an ir of minimum 25 percent a net ir which is an ir discounting the fees that the IB will pay uh -huh. to the fund managers. And what we will do as investment officer is to check so the assumption taken for, for, for this um, target area, but also the track record uh -huh. performed by this fund manager on previous fund. Uh -huh if it's not a first-time fund manager. Okay. But can we, can we go through and uh, explain, for example, how, what would the 25% IRR look like? Like if we put in, if, if there's a fund that's asking from us, like, uh, let's say, a, mil a million euros, let's take a round figure, and uh, this fund, they will be seeking another 9 million euros from other investors what would need to have happened for the IRR to be 25%? It's basically two things that, or three things that happen. First, you know, the, the one plus nine million, the 10 million is drawn down from, by the fund manager into mm -hmm. this fund over a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So this money is invested into the fund and into the project, first thing. And then these investments are built, operating, they generate some revenues which are paid back as dividends distributions, that's cash flows during the life of the fund, so that's mm -hmm. cash coming back to the investors, that's the second element and the first element of profit for the investor. And then when you come to the end of the lifetime of this fund, there's a final liquidation value that and these investments will be sold mm -hmm. that generate a final cash flow. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a hockey stick. Jay, uh -huh. that's right. the thing you have yeah, negative yeah. and it gets positive. So okay. it's because during the first five years of investment, you're investing. So your cash flows are negative and mm -hmm. you're paying a fee to the fund manager. But then once the project are maturing, delivering dividends, and then when the fund manager sell these, um, these projects, so when you have some exits, you get some, some, some cash flow in and your, your, your curve goes up and becomes positive. But going back to your the calculations, you, so that the, the the money is coming in afterwards, the assets are sold, uh, the, the the fees are discounted. Uh, how much uh, does the uh, how much does the fund have to make with that ten million uh, minus the fees for to have a twenty five percent IRR? So if you have and now some assumptions around this. Yes, you have you. 10 million and invested in the first year mm -hmm. and this fund is liquidated after one year mm -hmm. and then there's only one cash flow coming back. Then you would get 12 and a half, all investors would get 12 and a half uh, million euros mm -hmm. back and that generates you over this one year an IR of mm -hmm. um, 25%. Mm -hmm. So you, you have 25% of profit and the IRR gives you this return which is annually it's an annualized return so obviously if you have over two years this fund 25 um, percent you get to a little bit more than 
15 million. Mm -hmm. oh, we need to do the maths. Mm -hmm. But so it's an annual increase of 25% mm -hmm. in the value that you generate. So it's just something I'm a little <coughs> confused about here because I'm not sure if the IRR is something that you're expecting to happen or something that has happened. You mentioned they realized and targeted. So realized has happened, targeted is going to happen. But if you just see IRR, how do you know if it's targeted or realized? Is there, is there something that, uh, you know, in the financial document says, it makes it clear without it simply yeah, being Yeah, you always need to check. You also have interim IRR. You always need to check if you're talking about past and realized figures and data or if it's uh, assumption based on valuation on, on the profitability of the investment. I think, Matt, that's the famous fine print you have to read <laughs> when you make the investments. Oh, well, that's why I'm doing podcasts. Yeah. And not, uh... I think it's good that we stick to this, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But so going back to the IR, uh, if it's a longer period, uh, then then you also you uh, you use uh, you mentioned earlier then the, the present value of those of that 15 million right you so you calculate what that would be now that they expected how do you do that so you discount with in a present present value you take a future cash flow mm -hmm. and you discount it you, you transfer it from the future to today applying a certain discount rate a certain mm -hmm. um, rate of return you would like to have and say then let's say my 15 million in two years from now discounted at 10% is worth today X million, 11 and a half, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you say the present value mm -hmm. of this future cash flow is that, and net present value means just you're netting off the profits against your cost. Mm -hmm. So and, and that's why the IR is an <coughs> interesting indicator. It's because it's taking into account the timing, the duration of the investment. Mm -hmm. If you invest one today, you receive two tomorrow, your IR won't be the same than if you invest one today and get two in 10 years time. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and it's also interesting because you, you take into account what you could have done with your money instead of putting it in that fund, right? You, you, how, how, do you, how do you calculate that, what you could have made with your money? You compare, I mean, in the IR term, you can compare different investments by saying, I could have earned in my account, whatever, 2%, mm -hmm. and this investment generates an IR of 25%. So it looks more attractive to do this investment. So you just compare IRR mm -hmm. rates, or you discount future cash flows at these different rates and see what is the, this, um, uh, cash flow worth, how much is this worth to you? But just one thing I, I'd also like to add, you need to be careful with IRs because it doesn't tell you anything about absolute amounts. If somebody tells you, um, I'm going to give you an IR of 2% mm -hmm. or let's say no, something attractive, 20%, um, that doesn't tell you how much in absolute terms you're going to earn. Maybe he's giving you this 20% only on an investment of 10 euros. Then uh -huh. that's not very attractive. It's it's a it's a relative measure there. Exactly, it's a relative measure, and the comparison element is key. Usually, you measure, you look at the IRR compared to other IRR, especially if you look at IRR funds. You have what we call some vintage, whereby you look at all the funds which have started to invest in year two, I don't know, two eighteen, and and then it makes sense to compare the um, the data because they, they have the investment period at the same. Um, what are time. some of the good? IRRs. What's good? Depends. That's 
it's always the answer, right? Yes. Um, now, if you look, it depends really in terms of where you're investing, which risks you're taking, mm -hmm. risk and return. And an investment in a wind farm in Germany, a good IRR might be 6% or 7%. It's really a bad IRR in, if you invest in a wind farm in Tanzania. So if you want to invest in a wind farm with, in a country with a higher risk, you know, you're looking more rather for 15, 20%, something like that. So good or bad depends on, on the, risks, the uh, risk you're taking and how you what you're comparing it to, basically. Mm -hmm. Is there a famous formula for figuring this out? We had a podcast about uh, options and financial engineering and uh, Black was we were talking formula. about Black Scholes. Yes. yes. Yeah. Is there a famous formula for figuring out IRR? I don't think it's famous. It's mathematically just yeah. a discounting formula, setting the net present value to zero, putting the discount factor in, and you calculate the IRR by having an NPV of a certain cash uh, from the, the reality is that you use your Excel sheets and you have <laughs> exactly. an automatic ah, formula. Exactly. Okay. So Excel is famous. So we'll, we'll call it the Touchard Fisher formula. Actually, that very sounds good. good, actually, doesn't it? It sounds very that good. Sounds, <laughs> in fact, I think it's a real thing. Now it is. It is. It's going to be a thing now. now if a fund is uh, reporting back to its investors before it's closed, uh, how does it tell the investors what the value of its assets are does it uh, does it have to have a a external uh, appraisal or how how do they say that oh we think that the companies we've bought or the projects that we've invested in they're going to be worth you know 15 million by the time that we exit and that will continue uh, uh, to allow us to to um, keep our promise of of bringing that uh, IRR to you that we we told you in the beginning that's a very good question investors in fund received on a quarterly basis uh, reports with all the valuation of the investments based by uh, made by the the fund and this valuation might be based on different valuation methodology on which we will all have to agree upon um, very often it's based on the what we call fair market value it can be based on using uh, what we, we we called discounted discounted capital cash flow, so using them to, to calculate the IR, it can be using multiple in the sector depending upon the data that we have, and these valuations are reviewed on a quarterly basis. And, and then, and it becomes realized figure when the fund um, exits from these uh, businesses. Well, thank you very much. I feel almost like I understand what it is. How about you? Good, Mary? you can explain it to me after uh, after we finish <laughs> the episode. Join us again next week. Uh, subscribe to us on our uh, iTunes page, on your app, the iTunes app on uh, Spotify. You can even look at it on YouTube, although it's not on video. It's just a, a picture there of a little cube. But check it out. It's very, it's very nice. You can be in touch with us on uh, Twitter at EIBMatt, M-A-T-T. Or at Dollar Tankler, A-L-L-A-R-T-A-N-K-L-E-R. And uh, you can tune in next week, if tune in is still the word in this digital age, uh, where if you happen to have sent us an, a text or something like that saying, I'd like to hear an episode about technical assistance to the Red Sea, Dead Sea pipeline, well, we have the episode for you because that's what it's going to be about next week on uh, a dictionary of finance just by chance uh, from the European Investment Bank.